Join me, Professor RPG, as I sit down with friends, colleagues, and special guests as we reminisce and discuss role-playing games that left their mark on us. Expect to see all sorts, from Western style to Japanese and even tabletop. So stay a while and listen, and let us trigger those memories of tales long since completed. Relive that fantasy you hold dear, and come along with us, adventurer, on this quest into the past. Welcome to the RPG University. Pierce? Yes, Shiva, what is it? There's something I've been meaning to ask. Something I have to ask. Ask me, Shiva. You and I look roughly the same age, but how old are you, really? Is that your question, Shiva? It's not important. It is to me. If you are much older than us, then I'm afraid we've not shown you the proper respect. She's got a point. Don't worry about such things. Please, treat me as you have all along. No, that won't do. You have to tell us. What? Come now, this is silly. No, Piers, tell me. You're afraid you haven't shown me the proper respect, and yet you make demands of me? Come on, Piers, you can tell us. How old are you, really? This has nothing to do with respect. You just want to know how old I am, don't you? <laughs> 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 I knew it! Come on, Felix! Can't you get them off my back? You're in this too, aren't you, Felix? I've had it with your conspiracies. I will not tell you. Class is in session, and today we finally finished inputting the giant passwords, our golden passwords, to talk lighthouses with Golden Sun, the Lost Age. As always, I'm your host, Scott White, also known as Professor RPG, and this week I have the absolute pleasure of welcoming back to the university one of the best of the best writers in the gaming industry as a whole over at IGN now, and the only person I could have on to talk about this game, the award-winning Rebecca Valentine. How's it going, Reb? Oh, it's going great. Thanks, Scott. That's so nice. <laughs> I know. Well, it's been ages. I, yeah. I Back when we, we were talking a bit before the show, the last DM we sent each other on Twitter was about the PAX panel two years ago, pre-COVID. What wild times. We were so young and innocent. We were. It was actually that panel specifically. I remember I, I, I think it was that PAX panel where I, I believe I talked about Golden Sun, mm-hmm. the series, I think, on that panel. And I ended up getting I, I'm, I'm part of a group of people that is that used to be on a we all met on a Golden Sun fan forum back in the day. And so they all follow the Golden Sun subreddit. And so I got a message from one of them after that panel saying that I was being talked about on the Golden Sun subreddit. I remember you Golden telling Sun me about that. Shout out yeah. <laughs> I remember you like sent you sent it in the PAX group or the panel uh, group chat in yeah. Discord that we had. I remember that. Yeah. Oh, good times. Oh, it was cool. It's I mean, people are just the, the Golden Sun fans are just so thirsty for Golden Sun that a shout out at PAX is is meaningful. I mean, you know, it was meaningful to me too. I love I love a good Golden Sun. Golden Sun's fantastic. And where's our Switch collection or just, you know, a brand new game? Yeah. Yeah, you know, I I think at this point I'm I'm pretty I, I do not like Dark Dawn. Um I think mm-hmm. after Dark Dawn I, I don't I'm kind of afraid of them making another Golden Sun. Uh, but I, I would love a Switch collection. I, I admit I try not to get my hopes up anymore, but there's a tiny corner of my heart that every E3, I just think, hmm, maybe this will be the year. Maybe this will be it. And it never is. Yeah, it's like 
with them releasing uh, the Advance Wars collection and everything now, and send, I mean, Live a Live could get is getting a Switch like yeah, full right? remake. I think anything's possible at this point. I mean, Chrono Cross is getting a remaster. Yeah. I, I I feel like eventually Nintendo would be like, okay, just do a Golden Sun and Lost Age single pack where you it's just a full big game. Yeah, I actually wouldn't mind a remake of the two. Now that we have this nice little Square Enix, like, you know that Square Enix style that like Triangle Strategy and Octopath Traveler in? I wouldn't mind Golden Sun. Yeah, I wouldn't mind Golden Sun looking like that. That'd be pretty nice. I think they'd have to like, because you know, the the art of, I mean, now we're just talking about Golden Sun. Like the, the art of those games is so very distinctive and I think they'd have to do some work to really make it pop again in a specific way but i i have like a ton of opinions of why it's hard to remake or continue the golden sun series but we don't have to talk about that we can talk about that as we get into the episode but yes we are here to talk about golden sun the last age now this originally released on april 14th of 2003 in north america it released in on june 28th of 2002 though so it released a lot sooner over there in europe got it september 19th of 2003 now, some other notable releases you may have also been playing in 2003, if you were in the U.S., include Prince of Persia, Sands of Time, Jack 2, Final Fantasy X 2, Beyond Good and Evil, Tales of Symphonia, Simpsons Hit and Run, and KOTOR, just to name a couple. Some some heavy hitters here. Little two- Tales of Symphonia. It's wild to think that that's contemporary with The Lost Age. I know. Th- that was the game that got me into the Tales series, and Tales is one of my favorite yeah. like, franchises of all time now. Absolutely yeah, love Symphonia. Same. Yeah, that was a that was a big year for formative RPGs for me, I think. Oh, because, yeah. Yeah. Between between Golden Sun and Symphonia. And I, I'm sure whatever Pokemon game came out in 2003 was also meaningful. I don't know which one it would have been. Yeah. And KOTOR, I mean, Knights of the Old Republic, that was a huge game. And I mean, that's getting a that recently released on the Switch and that's getting a yeah. brand new from the ground up PlayStation 5 version of remake. Um, Final Fantasy X, too. Also a yeah. great game. I mean, really just a lot of bangers that year. Yeah. Um, and I love, uh, I fully admit I enjoyed, I love the job sphere or the dress sphere stuff with Final yes. Fantasy 10 sucker for job systems. Um, yep. absolutely loved it. Oh, it's a great game. Good, good, good stuff. Good, good soundtrack too. Really good soundtrack. Oh, so good. Uh, all these, all of these have good, it's just a great year. It was, it was, a, it was a strong year. Very strong year uh, to enjoy. This would have been my sophomore year of high school. Oh, boy. I would have been 12? 12. Okay. Yeah. Oh, man. Those were the good old days. The olden days. Yeah. Browsing the (laughs) the good old Golden Sun fan forums waiting for the Lost Age to come out because it was already out in Japan and Mm -hmm. I was so desperate for that sequel. Yeah. Oh. But yeah, so Reb, give us a give the the listeners a, a brief recap, if you will, of your history with the Golden Sun franchise. Who may have not listened to the the first Golden Sun episode with you? Oh yeah, well I don't even remember what I said on the first Golden Sun episode, so I hope I hope it's the same thing I'm saying now because this is what I remember now. It's been like years. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so Golden Sun, I got I got a Game Boy Advance for Christmas, uh, whatever year that was, I don't remember. And uh, 
I was also given, I had like a game, I think I had like Mario Kart Super Circuit, whatever. And then I also, I picked up at a Walmart with my pocket money, a Nintendo Power Advance that had a guy for Golden Sun in it. Mm-hmm. And I was just fascinated by the look of this game and the look of the characters. Like about the character, it was so cool. So I wanted this. So I asked for it for my birthday and I got it. The Christmas is in December and I got it. My birthday's in January. So I got it pretty quickly. And I love Golden Sun. Um, and I found my way shortly after that while looking for guides to help me like, you know, solve. Find, I think I was trying to find all the gin probably. Um, I ended up on a Golden Sun fan forum. Uh, and uh, it was the one that was tied to GameSpy and uh, the Forum Planet sites. And so I ended up I ended up hanging out there and making a whole bunch of really formative friendships and spending the majority of my teenage years online hanging out with a bunch of other Golden Sun weirdos. And it was great. But I remember, you know, being very excited for The Lost Age because at that point, the sequel was not out yet. And our entire community was just so stoked for this. So I like the day April 14th is burned into my brain because I was so stoked for that release. And I knew that was the day I was going to get it. And I, you know, I didn't have access to a car or anything as a kid. So I was mm-hmm. like begging my dad to, to take me to the store so I could, again, like spend my allowance and pocket money on this game I'd been waiting for. I remember, I don't know if this was uh, how it was around your area, but I remember like around this time when a game quote unquote released, that was just like when it shipped to stores and then you had to like wait a day or so before the shipments actually arrived. Was that how it was for you? Cause that's how it was like on our end over here. Uh, um, I don't know. My memory is pretty, my memory is pretty fuzzy. So I may not have gotten it on launch day. It may have just been that week, but I, I do remember specifically like counting down the days and like begging my dad to take me to the store. So it, it might've been in, it might've been in by the 14th or we might've had to wait. Yeah. And now it's just like, if, if I can't get something on release day, what's the point? And downloads at 9 p.m. the yeah. previous night, right? Yeah. Speaking of downloads, funny story. Um, for the where you can buy it digitally and everything, Nintendo, Nintendo's US eShop has removed like every link to any like Wii U games. Like I right I, because I, they're shutting it down. I could find a coupon for forty percent off Golden Sun Lost Age on the Wii U for like twenty or thirty gold star points or whatever, but I couldn't find a link to the game itself. Wow, you know, I hadn't even thought of that. I mean, obviously, I've thought you know a, a meaningful yeah. amount about the amount of games that are going to not be legally available for purchase anywhere anymore when this happens when they shut down the eShops or 3DS and yeah. uh, Wii U. But I hadn't I hadn't thought about that impact in Golden Sun, but you're absolutely right. It does because that's that's the only place you can get them now. Yeah. And strangely enough, the UK store still has their Golden Sun Lost Age, like their Wii U games eShop. Uh, like you could still buy huh. eShop games, Golden Sun, the Lost Age for Wii U on really the UK sure game can, store. I'm sure you can find them like if you go to if you're if you have a Wii U, I mean the shop oh, yeah. is not closed yet. I'm sure you can look it up on the Wii U. But yeah, yeah the online pages are closed. That that's so sad. Yeah. Just clicking for the more information about this game, visit game store, it just takes you to a broken link and you just see Wario smirking at you, rubbing his hands, wanting money. Uh, that- if Nintendo really wanted my money, it would not shut down eShops and would give me more golden sun. Yeah. If Nintendo really wanted my money that bad. <laughs> Nintendo could print. Well, Nintendo's, I guess, already technically printing money with a lot of the That's things true. they do. But I agree. Um, but yeah, I, j- I just thought that was funny because you mentioned downloads and that was something I stumbled upon. Oh, um, sad. 
I know. For me, with Lost Age, this was a game that, excuse me, I actually didn't buy at launch like I wanted to, but I didn't have money. I was in in high school. I was doing marching band, so I was super busy. And it wasn't until a few years later that I bought a used cartridge um, at GameStop. And I have I actually have in front of me right now um, in my hands the Prima's official strategy guide that covers both Golden Sun and Golden Sun Lost Age. Wow. Um, with the price tag still on. How how much do you think the double um, Prima guide was back in the day? Oh, I couldn't even begin to guess. I don't know how much things cost. Uh, I don't know, 20, 30 bucks? $14.99. Wow! For Golden Sun and Golden Sun Lost Age Prima Official Strategy Guide. 15 bucks. Oh, those were the days. I know. But yeah, so I didn't get to play uh, Lost Age until later on. Um, but still so good. And then, of course, when it came out on the, the Wii U eShop and everything, I had to pick it up because it's it's more Golden Sun. And then playing through that, I remembered how horrid the transfer uh, <laughs> situation was. But we will get into that. But what was what's your like? When you think Golden Sun Lost Age, what's like the big thing that jumps out to you? Oh, how big it was. You know, I we talk a lot, I think, now about open world and what that means. Uh, but mm-hmm. but really, like. Open world has been being done in different respects for a long time. It just doesn't look like what open worlds look like now. And the Lost Age, I feel like, was very was an open world game in a lot of ways. Oh, I mean, yeah. it, 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 like an open overworld, right? Like it had mm-hmm. it 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 it. it it railroaded you a little bit in the beginning, right? Because there's there's certain places that you can and can't go. Yeah. Uh, but there's there's a split early on where you can basically choose uh, if you want to go to Garrow first or if you want to go uh, down around south and do... Or sorry, if you want to if you want to do like the pirate stuff first, if you want to do Garrow first, um, you could split. But then once you get the boat, the boat, the boat is the big thing. You get the boat and you sail off to sea and suddenly like everything is just blown open. Like there are so many places you can go. And I remember just being, especially having played the first golden sun, because the first golden sun is like fairly contained in that world. The world does feel Mm -hmm. big when you're playing it. But when you realize, when you look at that map and you realize that the first golden sun took place on basically one continent and a half of a world with like, what, five, six continents, something like that. Um, and and the Lost Age has all of that. And you go out to sea and you can progress the story or you can wander off to all these other extra dungeons or extra side quests. And then in the second half, you break through this rock into the into the ocean, <laughs> the the Western Sea, and it, everything just blows open again. Like it, this, this, it just keeps getting bigger. And I remember, especially in 2003, like how completely enormous the Lost Age felt, how enormous and open-ended and free and full of secrets that world felt. And it was just so compelling and cool to me. Yeah, it, and all contained on the Game Boy Advance. Yeah, little tiny cartridge. It's, it's mind-blowing. And it's, it's things like Golden, it's games like Golden Sun and Lost Age that keep the Game Boy Advance as one of my favorite systems ever, like especially handhelds and everything like the DS Lite is probably my favorite handheld. I love Mm. the DS Lite. Um, 
like the screen was so clear. It had it still had the GBA slot to it. Um, the DS had a bunch of wonderful games, but it just looks so good and crisp. And then so many cr- huge, mind blowing adventures all contained, like you said, on such a small cartridge in Lost Age is such a perfect example of that because it is this huge, sprawling world that you can explore and find secrets and gin and all this. And then that's not to say at all that you have you can towards the end get if you transferred it over like your two full party people like oh yeah mind blowing really really full i think like and sorry I, I just keep like pushing towards this topic i think because it's like something that is i think about a lot yeah i think i think that's one of the many reasons why i think it would be very very hard to ever make make another Golden Sun game at this point. And I think one of the reasons why Dark Dawn didn't impress me very much because Golden Sun and Golden Sun The Lost Age were like the pinnacle of a very particular style of top-down RPG. Like they, mm-hmm. they pushed that Game Boy Advance. Like visually, they were they, they were beautiful. Like they they did like this, this very specific art style just so incredibly well. Uh, the music was fantastic and took the limitations of a tiny system like a Game Boy and just like did incredible things with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the size, the sheer size of the game, the systems, like everything was like the pinnacle of what get a, an RPG could do on that system. And now like now the pinnacle of what an RPG can do on our current systems is just completely different from that. Like it's not remotely the same, like top down, top down RPGs like that are not the same kind of impressive as they were back then. Mm-hmm. Even if, even if you love them with all your heart, which I do, like even if like when someone makes a new one today, I'm just like still very excited about it, but it's not, it's not the same level of impressiveness. And so I think it, it's very hard. It'd be very hard to make another golden sun. That was the same level of just like exploding your brain because you'd have to do like some, something that golden sun is fundamentally not, I think. Yeah. It, 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 it was such a product of the time that worked so magically within the constraints of the technology and the genre at the time that it, it would be hard to kind of recapture the same feeling. And, and honestly, like with Final Fantasies, for example, there are themes associated with it, um, like elemental crystals and vanquishing hmm. chaos or what have you or like these things. Whereas Golden Sun, because it is, I mean, you have Lost Age, the original and Lost Age basically being two halves of the same game. And then Dark Dawn taking place later on, they're so closely linked in terms of story. I don't know, like, I don't know if I could pick out like what's a what makes a Golden Sun game a Golden Sun game. Is it the characters? It's is it the gin? Is it the synergy? Um, I don't know if that's as easily condensed into um, something that could easily be made into a sequel at this point. I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's a really good point, actually, because you're right. Golden Sun and the Lost Age. I I don't have a source in front of me for this, but the the common knowledge that I've always had is that they were originally intended to be a single game, like mm-hmm. just one game. And they had to split it in half because it was simply too enormous. And I think, I think because of that, Golden's on the Lost Age ends up being, I mean, I, th- I think there's arguments to be made for, for wow, Golden Sun sure does lay on a cliffhanger and Golden's on the Lost Age sure picks up in a weird spot if you're playing that without having played Golden Sun. But I think if you, if you put that aside in every other respect, the Lost Age is like, one of the most perfect sequels. Mm-hmm. 
it's a perfect part two. Yes, that's, that's a better way to put it, I think. Um, book, I, book two. It, it's a book two. It's and it, it's interesting since we talked about gold since last time we talked about the first game. I played through the the trail series and I get looking back and kind of thinking about it now. I get so many of the same kind of vibes and feelings with Golden Sun in the Lost Age as I do thinking back now of Trails in the Sky, first chapter and second chapter. It's very the two like the approach to both of these is very similar, I feel. Um, And both are, are wonderful. But yeah, it's. I feel like as much as I would love to see Golden Sun return in in some way, I almost would love to see a kind of successor or a spiritual successor. Yeah. More? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think I think like I mean, now now I feel like yeah. I've just dragged us way too far ahead of ourselves, but yeah, I think like I think like Wayard is a world that like in my my nostalgic heart, I would love to return to, but I would much rather see someone try to tell a new story because I think that's what makes Dark Dawn fail for me is it's trying too hard to catch everyone up on the story of the first two Golden Suns when they were like so self-contained, like just with the exception of the weird cliffhanger with Alex at the end, which we can just, you know, leave as a mystery, you know, just Mm -hmm. let them let them be themselves. Yeah. Yeah, and Dark Dawn is one of those things. It's they threw the terminology and the characters. Oh my god, it was so much at it without necessarily knowing what makes a Golden Sun game a Golden Sun game. I guess, like, yeah, I think that's true. Um, and it lost that that magical spark. Um, that yeah, the the first uh, the first two games had. Um, Yeah. But like you said um, before the we took it, took the detour and everything, uh, the big differentiator, differentiating mechanic or fact of Lost Age is the open nature of this game. Having the boat, being able to explore so much of the the world that just was locked away to you, uh, locked away from you in the first game. Yeah. I think the open nature combined with uh, the synergy system. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think that's like what really does it for me. So like synergy in the first golden sun was always very cool. And I think, I think the synergy system is a unique system in, I, I, I don't, I don't run into a lot of things like it in other games. Basically it's, it's this mat. It's, it's magic that you can use in battle, but you can also use it in the o- certain ones, certain synergies in the overworld to make progress or find secrets or mm-hmm. what have you. And as you get more, you get more of it as you play. And so you're able to gain access to more areas. And I, I have always been fascinated by this idea of like magic that is for both field and battle. And that's really, it's really cool to me. And I think, I think Golden Sun did it very well on its own, just like as, as a dungeon exploration tool. But in the Lost Age, because the world is blown open, you find yourself traveling to areas for whatever reason, and you show up on this island and you're like, oh, I need, there's something over there that I can clearly interact with, but I don't have this power yet, so I need to find it and come back. And so you're you're making this, you're doing this thing that you do in open world games now, where you make this mental map of places to, almost like a Metroidvania in a weird way, making this mental map of places to revisit once you have better powers and and different abilities. And so I think think that system is another maybe like defining feature of the Golden Sun games that was used really, really well in the Lost Age in tandem with its open world. Yeah. I think the puzzles, uh, the dungeon puzzles are a defining feature as well. Uh, yeah, really you take utilizing this uh, synergy 
Um, and the spells and everything, the combat's great. It's a fantastic turn-based system. It's like the classes, everything like that. But with this game, really, for me, what's always stands apart, especially from the first two games, was the puzzle nature of the dungeons is so much more than your typical is like, okay, find a block to unlock a door or find a key to unlock this door. It's okay. Utilizing those spells outside of combat. Okay. I want to push this rock, which will allow me to get to this puddle that I have to turn into an ice pillar that I can then do this. And then I have to grow a vine or blow away some leaves and, yeah. And it combines them too. Yeah. So it's like, it's like not always, oh, this is a moving pillars puzzle. It's a moving pillars puzzle, but I seem to be missing a pillar. Where is it? Oh, wait, there's something covered in leaves over here. I can whirlwind that away. Oh, here's my other pillar. Oh, there's a puddle here. I can freeze that with frost. Like, like it combines them all in really interesting ways. And especially with all the new synergies that it adds in the lost age, I think they, mm-hmm. I think some of them are a little bit forced. Like I think lash is a really stupid synergy, uh, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, oh, you have a, you have a mystical power that is solely for the purpose of moving a rope from one nail to the other, like whoopity do. Okay. Um, but, but I, I think for the, for the most part, they, they use them in really, really interesting ways and end up designing some honestly clever puzzles out of it. And the dungeons are big too. Mm-hmm. I'm always, I'm always very impressed when you have nice big dungeons that are not just like mazes where you run along a single path and then hit a dead end and turn around for like an hour. Yeah. I feel like some definitely were a bit long in the tooth, but in yeah, general, fair. I think, uh, Air's rock, baby. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Uh, but yeah, and kind of speaking of dungeons and things, are there any that like really stand out to you? Like even all these years later, that's like, yeah, that was a really, really good, good one. I mean, Air's rock, like right, because it, it's it's long. Like the thing that you remember mm-hmm. about Air's rock is how long it is. But th- that I think is the first massive like i mean you run into dungeons before that there's like a temple and some other things but but air's rock i remember like like you if you're following the intended path of that game you come up to air's rock through garrow um you like walk past it first and then you show up in the garrow the werewolf village and garrow is like very impressive by itself because you're like walking up those steps and the it's getting darker and darker and then you hit the top you see the wolves and then there's the full moon reflected in the lake and it's uh the music is so spooky and so you have you have this vibe already this kind of like oh man this is this is different like we didn't see anything like this in the first golden sun and then you get to air's rock and it is <laughs> It is intricate and massive um, and you're using whirlwind to great effect to solve all these different sand puzzles and to explore this bottom area. And there's like there's like a bottom area that you do and you think, OK, cool. And then you start climbing the rock and you're like, oh, great. When I get to the top, that's going to be the end. And climbing the rock is difficult. You've got to like cross all of these things with like little tornadoes spitting out of them and like mm-hmm. climb all these vines. It's, it's all over the place. And you get to the top and there's like this big statue of a tornado and you use whirlwind on it. And some lightning comes down and blasts a hole in the ground. You go inside and there's a whole inside part <laughs> of this dungeon. It's just massive. And how did they, how do they make this so big? And it just, I remember that being just so like, gruelingly impressive to me as a child like mm-hmm. like this was so daunting but also very memorable in that dauntingness um so yeah air's rock was really memorable um i think i think probably one of my favorite dungeons in spite of its reputation um i also i really re- i remember really liking um the the trident ruins the ankle ruins and the like tendaria tower and stuff i remember really liking the music in those places and the vibes they just felt felt very mysterious and cool to me i don't know Mm hmm. Yeah, it's um, 
Air uh, Air Rock made me just so th- I feel like the ability to save anywhere is thanks in yes. part because they had this dungeon in mind. Uh, yeah. It was quite a grueling dungeon. It really, really <laughs> uh, was. It yeah. ate up some batteries. Uh, I, I remember <laughs> I remember that. Um, so one of the big things uh, with this was you right at the get- beginning or from the get go, you you bid farewell to Isaac and company from the first game. And you are now playing as, in essence, one of the antagonists from the first game. You're with Felix, who's now with Jenna and Sheba and uh, and Creighton following the events of the end of the first game. What was were you excited to be playing this side of the, the story or were you like, oh, I really wish I was still with Isaac and and, and them? I think I was curious. I was like curious and yeah, maybe excited because the the setup for this is so, God, this game is so good. The setup for this Mm -hmm. is fascinating because you have played the entirety of Golden Sun as Isaac and crew under the impression that Saturos and Minardi, the main villains of Golden Sun, uh, are, are are trying to light the lighthouses, which in your mind is bad. And they have, they have these elemental stars that they're not supposed to have that are these very powerful artifacts. They're trying to do this thing. You're trying to stop them. They light the first two lighthouses in the first game. And in the process of doing this, uh, they have kidnapped your friend, Jenna. They have kidnapped in, in your eyes. They have kidnapped mm-hmm. this young woman named Sheba, who you don't really know, but you, your impression is that she has also been kidnapped. Um, and then uh, Felix is Jenna's brother. And your impression of him is that he is defected to them for some reason. You're not really sure why he's hanging out with them. And then there's Alex, who's this other guy who's like, on their side, kind of, but clearly manipulating everybody. So all of these guys are the villains. And when you're thrown in the shoes of Felix, Jenna, and Sheba, they're in this weird position where Saturus and Minardi have died at the end of Golden Sun. Uh, and Alex is still kind of with them, shepherding them around, but he's not actively hanging out with them. And so it's this weird moment where you don't really understand their motivations. Like I'm, you're playing the villains. You're, you're, you're not playing the villains. You're playing the people the villains kidnapped. So why why aren't they just like running away? Why are they still trying to light the lighthouses? Mm -hmm. And you don't really get a full answer for that until like almost act two of the game. When you go to Lemuria, when you find out that actually lighting the lighthouse is an an attempt to save the world, not destroy it. Um, And it's it's just it's such an interesting setup to be thrown into the shoes of these characters and not know what their motivations are, but not for a bad reason, not because the writing is bad, but because they're trying to set up this like interesting mystery and this tension, this conflict between people who used to be your friends. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it was, I loved Felix's design. He always, he just looked like your badass RPG protagonist and being able to play from the, the other point of view, just starting out, laying on the beach and okay we're we're right in this like there's there's a no ifs ands or buts you are picking up right where the last one left off i I, when you thinking about it what would you think if they if we do end up one day getting a new golden sun or a new pair that reverses the points of view so like the first game is felix and that crew on going through what they're doing during the events of golden sun. And then the next game would be you stick with Isaac and company as with what they're doing during the events of lost age. Oh, that, I guess that would be interesting. I think, you know what? I think the actual like real, real interesting reversal would be to make 
Alex, one of the main characters, because I mean, that would be like the real thing to do for a sequel, right? Is to put, mm-hmm. if, if the, if the golden sun thing to do is to always put you in the shoes of the villains, Alex is the only remaining villain. So put out, Al- make, make Alex one of the main characters of the next game and put him with a party of people and find out what his motivations actually are. Good point. I mean, I guess his motivation was to absorb the golden sun and become all powerful, but I don't know. Maybe there was something else there. Who knows? Hopefully. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. I think that would deprive, that would deprive people though, because I think people, I I think there is a little bit of disappointment in the community that we never got to kick Alex's butt. Like Mm -hmm. that was, that's the boss battle we all wanted and never got. Yeah. One thing I kind of found and in like in the responses that I got, um, and like some videos I saw is and thinking back, I do kind of agree that combat in this second game seemed to be a bit easier. Like enemies didn't seem to have quite as much health or I didn't have quite as much difficulty, I want to say, with with a lot of fights as I did in the first game. Did you ever do you remember if you felt like that at all? Um, I, I think I think there's two things happening here. I think just like regular enemies and progression. I think I think it is easier, maybe not because they are necessarily easier, but I think the Lost Age gives you a lot more ways to customize your characters than mm-hmm. uh, Golden Sun did. Uh, there's more Jin just on the whole. They added like way more spells. You have a slightly different party makeup like Felix and Shiva basically fulfill the roles of Isaac and Ivan. But uh, Jenna is both a fire user and mage and also a healer. And if I remember right, like she's specifically very powerful like her synergy is really good mm-hmm. um and then Piers is the water user and so he has a little bit of healing ability to sort of back up jenna with but he's also more of a tanky sword fighter uh, so you have you have like you have different things you also have like different items you can find to customize your classes which is different um from so there's like different class compositions yeah. than there were in the first golden sun so it's just like a lot more options oh and more summons too like there's a uh, summons with like combo elements that's uh, so right that's like they a- did introduce those in the second game yeah, so that's like another thing. So I, th- I think that made some of the combat a lot easier. But um, I actually think, I mean, there's more, there are more difficult boss battles in this one. There's more secret bosses. There's mm-hmm. there's all these like secret elemental bosses scattered around. And then um, obviously Dulahan is, I never beat Dulahan. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I, I think I probably could now as an adult if I really wanted to, but it's a lot of work to get to Dulahan, so I won't do it. Um, but but yeah, like I think I think in that respect, it's still like very difficult. I mean, I still, I had trouble with the Doom Dragon. That was a tough fight by yeah. the end. That's yeah. I, there were definitely difficult boss fights. Um, so when, one of the big things with this game um, was that you could bring over your characters and kind of carry over stuff from <laughs> the first <laughs> game into the second, which <laughs> brings <laughs> us. To the giant fucking passwords. Hee hee hee. You didn't have to do this if you had two Game Boy Advances and a link cable, but who had that? I know. What kid? Uh, yeah. I guess if you had a sibling, you, had a you sibling, might have sibling, yeah. I did not. Uh, yeah. Oh, gosh. Uh, yeah, that was horrible. I did it exactly one time. I did the gold. I, I did the gold password when I first got the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I spent. I sp- And I only you only had. What you had to do, too, is because, like, you had the one Game Boy Advance. And so you basically had to pull up the gold password on your Golden Sun file, write it down. And this thing is, like, what, six pages long? And each page is, like, I don't remember how many characters, but probably something like 30 or 40 characters, something like that. Yeah. You need to write in, in like, different, different variations on capitals, symbols, lowercase letters, numbers, just, like, absurd. And so I had to write it all out. And then I had to put Golden Sun the Lost Age in and then input that password correctly. And, like... If even one letter was off, 
if you had to like figure out where the error was, like, did you type it in wrong? Did you write it down wrong and, mm-hmm. and find it and fix it? It's just like absolutely nightmarish trying to go through this process. And I think in the end, like, like the payoff was worth it back then for me because you get oh, yeah. with Isaac and Coach join your party. They come with like all their levels intact, all their items intact, all their Jin intact. You, you basically, I think it's pretty much required uh, if you to do, to do at least one of the passwords, not necessarily the gold one, mm-hmm. but like it's at least required to do a certain password to get uh, Dulahan and like the uh, any Sanctum Dungeon. Yeah. Um, but like the gold password was especially good because you would get all these extra little miniature scenes throughout the Lost Age uh, where characters would sort of comment, oh, like Isaac came through here in one Colosso or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like they'd make little comments about things that you had done in your previous game. And that nowadays like if, if this were ever on the switch like if they ever just remade both these game, games for the switch it would just detect that you had data and give you all this for free but back then it was so cool that characters in this game knew that i had played the previous game and would comment on it that was really cool the gold password weighs in or comes in at 260 characters oh my god that's so many that's it's like a tweet a full tweet <laughs> You could tweet out a gold password and that's about it. But yeah, like on case sensitive, like I don't think it would. That seems small. A tweet seems small. Was it really only a tweet? I feel like it was much longer. Was it not? I don't know. Is how long is a tweet? Well, it it's longer than a tweet than it used to be. How long can a tweet be? Uh, Twitter upped its character limit to 280 characters. So you have 20 characters to spare, but you could tweet out a golden sun, pat golden password. Yeah, you know what? I'm I just looked up the gold password now and it actually isn't as bad as I remembered it being. I think it was because it was a small screen with like seven pages worth that all had to be. Case It was six pages with uh, 25 characters per page, except I think the last page didn't have 25. Yeah. The last page had. Yeah, the last page only had 10. So, yeah, it's it's not as bad as I remember it being, but it's still pretty bad. Yeah. In practice. In practice. Yeah. In practice, it will still take you like a half hour to input it and then you'll probably get it wrong anyway. Yeah. And and I was like a kid too, so it felt really oh, yeah. daunting as oh, a yeah. child. When all you want to do is play your game, like your brand new game, you have to yeah. sit there for like the first half hour or whatever inputting these things and if you had the original Game Boy Advance with no backlight, it was really hard to see. Yeah. Oh, the memories. <laughs> Kids these days They'll never know the struggles of putting in the gold password. Of putting in the gold password as they sit there and tweet their 280 character long tweets. Oh my gosh. But I guess that leaves you as like, so you could put Golden Sun Gold Pass colon space and then the password. And then you, you could tweet out. I imagine there's Golden Sun like password generators. Oh, yeah, there's a there's plenty of places on the Internet, too. I mean, you don't even need to generate one. I mean, there's a lot of people who have just posted, I think, on the Golden Sun subreddit and some other places. There's people who have posted like 
good gold passwords with everything intact. Uh, I mean, apart from customizing character names, this isn't a situation where like, if you put in someone else's gold pass, we're going to be mm-hmm. like, oh, this isn't my Isaac. Like, if you remember, if you remember what, what you did in Golden Sun, like pretty much everybody had the same experience for the most part. Yeah. You had so. to, there was like a code you had to input so you could rename the other characters, right? Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, you up, just rename. Up, down, up, down, left, right, left, right, up, right, down, left, uh, up and select. You are a beast, Rebecca <laughs> Valentine. Being able to be like, That's just really bust, why do I know that? Just bust that out right off the bat. It's like, oh, just this. Why do I know that? I played a lot of Golden Sun. I do not replay games anymore. I absolutely do not replay any game. I play it once and then it's done. I played both Golden Sun so many times back mm-hmm. in the day. I, I am so incredibly impressed right now that you were able to just bust that out. <laughs> it's probably wrong somehow, but. I don't know. No. You were pretty confident. It's, it's like, oh, no, no, no. and then it was this. It's like, damn. It's embarrassing. No, it's a, that's a badge of honor. That's going to be a Jeopardy question one day. <laughs> it will not. You, you never know. You never know. But kind of speaking of replaying these a lot, uh, we're we're big fans of games done quick and summer games done quick. I love like when these games show up in GDQs. So cool to watch. Like, was it this past summer that they had the lost age and Delahan was a, um, was a donation incentive. Yes, I believe so. So good. They did. Uh, I, I'm going to forget which exact, which event was, what was done at but they very recently did they did golden sun like i think a year ago and then at the next one they did the lost age it was was, uh plexa if i remember right both times uh it was just a really cool run to see and i'm so glad that plexa was able to bring those to gdq because man i love watching a golden sun speed run at a gdq oh i know i remember tweeting you when i saw the schedule it's like oh my god golden sun and gdq and you picked up the super badass shirts they they sold too. I did. I'm wearing my Golden Sun Lost Age shirt now, but uh, I have both of them. I get people asking me where I got them because like there's no Golden Sun merch, right? Like yeah. there's just none anywhere. And these are like really nice, well made shirts. And so mm-hmm. I have my two Golden Sun shirts. Well, they just have we have to push forward so they they run it more at these GDQ events so we get more Golden Sun merch. <laughs> A girl can dream. Yeah, yeah, we can. Oh, man. Man, we haven't even touched on the Zhen system. Yeah. Like, I mean, I know, I think we talked about it mostly um, in the Golden Sun episode. And, like, maybe it, it didn't doesn't really change too much in the Lost Age. But I I think, especially if you're listening to this one and not the Golden Sun episode, like, I think I think it's worth talking about how cool and unique the Zhen system of these games is. Like, these little, these little creatures that basically function, like, they're part collect-a-thon, uh, part class system yeah. like job system and then part like attack summoning magic like they're just they're, they're so versatile they like do three different completely different things so many systems in this game are intrinsically linked with the gen they're not just summons they're not just little the cute little mascot critters they are so much more they have their own personality, like a bunch. Some of them like have lines and will talk to you more. I guess more like in the um, the first game, they'll talk to you before they fight. But 
Yeah. Well, that's um, actually one of the things that I thought what Dark Dawn did. I mean, I don't like Dark Dawn, but that was one of the things that Dark Dawn did well is it gave each gen a unique visual design, mm-hmm. uh, which they did not have before that. And I thought that was extremely cool. Yeah. They also upped the amount of gin in Dark Dawn by like obscene amounts. And kind of. Did they really? I thought th- I thought there were fewer, but maybe I'm remembering that wrong. I, I know thought- they, they I think well maybe I'm remembering they didn't bring back a bunch of the ones from Lost Age. See the Lost Age felt bigger because it had all the gin in it. You could yeah. bring all the gin with you from the first Golden Sun and then it added a bunch more. But Dark Dawn got rid of a bunch and then brought in some new new some new ones. I think I felt like they made a much like a bunch like even though they had different designs like their importance I thought it was much more just like a ho-hum thing. I don't remember. It's been a long time and I really it kind of pushed Dark Dawn out of my head. Oh, yeah. There's 80 in Dark Dawn. I guess that is more. Um, but but yeah, like, especially when I was playing through these when I was younger, I didn't grasp the the class system aspect of the gens. It's like, oh, okay, yeah. okay, my character's says he's a knight now or a squire or a sorcerer or what what have you it's like okay then whatever and then oh then it changed it was it's a really intricate system i feel like yeah it it basically when you when you get a you have to find a gen and they'll if they're in like a town they'll join you automatically if they're in a dungeon they'll battle you first and you get them and they're one of the four elements and you equip them to a character and you have to keep the number of gin even. Like, you can't just give all your gin to one character. There has to be, like, a relatively even amount across your party of four or eight. Um, and then, depending on what combination of elements the character has on them, their class will change. And so the synergy they're able to use will change. Their stat makeup will change. Um, all these other things about them will change. But then also, each gin gives specific stat boosts, uh, like, unique to that gin. So you can, like toy with them that way and then when you enter a battle each of them has its own unique ability and it might be like an attacking ability it might be a stat uh reduction on the enemy or a stat boost to you it might heal it might have a different effect all these other different things that they can do so you use the gen and then it enters into standby mode and you lose all of the stat and class benefits temporarily while it's in standby mode but if it's in standby mode you can either summon a weak summon using its power or you can combine it with other jinn that are also in standby and summon something even more powerful so there's like i mean that's just like a very shallow overview of what the system is but it's it's so deep in there with yeah. like what 70 some jinn involved it there are so many different things you can do with this and i think that's one of the things that possibly makes a uh, the Lost Ages combat a little bit easier in some respects because there are so many different combinations of things you can do and strategies you can put together with all these different gen. It's a really cool system I've not seen any other game take advantage of. And like, yeah. I mean, I don't want anyone to just like wholesale copy the gen, but dang, it's a good idea. And all of this was on Game Boy Advanced. Yeah! <laughs> wow! What a game! What a game! Why? Oh, man. Bring this back, guys. Look at, I love it. It's just it's so much and it and it's one of those things where it will help you and you can take advantage of the benefits but it's like it's not a system that you have to take advantage of in order to beat the game like if you want to do the bonus content or like the post game content or the secret bosses stuff like that you will have to like yeah. you'll have to master the system to, to to stand a chance but to play the main game and enjoy it you don't need to really know what the hell it is any of this is doing or how to take advantage of it. I'm a perfect example. I didn't. Um, but yeah, 
And then, I definitely didn't the first time I played yeah. through. Like I just assigned Jin to their element purses. Like yep. Felix got all the Earth, the Venus Jin, whatever. Um, but yep. yeah, the the older I got, the more I made myself think about these things and got better at using the systems and realized how deep it really was. Yeah. And then in addition to all that, you have weapons and some weapons are magical and can trigger <laughs> additional effects. Yeah. And as you pointed out to me that I wasn't even aware of before, like last time, if you kill certain enemies with a certain element or a certain way, something might happen or they'll drop different things or that's how you get some weapons. And it's like there are so many mechanics and like neat systems in these games. Yeah, that's right. I forgot you hadn't known about that. I didn't. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, there's just so much. It's just like. It, on the surface level, it is like a very standard, you know, four elemental crystals, mm-hmm. turn-based RPG. But anyone who has played it knows how much more is there. Yeah. It's... These these two games especially are easily top ten, probably top five best, like, games of the Game Boy Advance's library. Yeah. I... Yeah, it's yeah, <laughs> I it's not it's not even a question. It's not even in, it's not even in the best RPGs. It's just the best games. Yeah. in the Game Boy Advance, I I would certainly put them especially like combined. I think I think separately, the Lost Age is probably the better game, but it also doesn't exist without Golden Sun mm-hmm. one. Like it, it's not it's nothing without its predecessor. But I think like combined, the two are probably should should be up there in some of the best RPGs of all time, even if I think I think I think they're they're like. I, don't, I wouldn't go so far as to call them cult classics. I don't think that's right because I think they're a little more popular than that. Mm-hmm. But I think I think there's a lot of people who have slept on them uh, because they haven't gotten quite the same love that a lot of other RPGs have. I think that's a dang shame. Yeah, I I would. There, I think they're definitely more popular than like considering them a cult classic. I think they are underappreciated gems. Yeah. I think if you know them and you've played them, you know what the the big deal is about and why people love them. Yes. But whether like at the time RPGs weren't as big as they are now, I I, yeah. I think. Um I think people were starting to slowly kind of shy away from the 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 turn-based aspect. Yeah. Uh, I guess not. No, no, we well, were we this was <laughs> with other things right because i mean we just talked about like tales of symphonia was starting to venture into like the action rpg kind of sort of thing like they're venturing away from turn-based well true i'm but i mean you look at kotor i mean and this was in 2003 you still had final fantasy 10 too you were still going to have final yeah. fantasy 12 you had all the amazing rpgs on the ps2 so this was golden sun was prior to i, I think it was towards the end of that era though yeah um, yeah. It just it didn't have I think the big thing was uh, it it didn't have the brand recognition. Yeah, it was a new yeah, IP so. and people weren't quite sure what it was. Plus the. The ads for Golden Sun, especially the first one, were really weird. Like, wasn't there an ad for the original Golden Sun where it was like an opera and people's heads explode or something? Yeah. Yeah, I remember that because I, well, I, I don't remember that ad. I don't think I ever saw it, but I remember people were talking about it when Dark Dawn came out because they actually made the monster that was in that, the opera thing. Like, they put that in Dark Dawn finally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was weird. That was weird. 
And it got slightly better with Golden Sun Lost Age. But it's, yeah, it's one of those things. It's you don't play Lost Age if you haven't played the original Golden Sun. They are two yeah, halves of the same coin. It's yeah, it's it's like starting. I don't know. It's like starting a Final Fantasy game in the middle. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Uh, what about that soundtrack, though? So good. It's I would, so good. I would love an orchestral arrangement. This game needs like the pixel remaster treatment with its soundtrack. It really does, actually. I and then it put does. it on vinyl in a beautiful collector's like LP set. And I will buy. I, I, I will buy a copy. Yeah, I'll pay money like an idiot. No, I. It's it's really good. I think the thing that like people don't realize a lot of the time is that uh, the composer of the Golden Sun games, Motoi Sakuraba, has done like basically every other video game soundtrack. Like he's really, really prolific. Uh, he's, he's the Dark Souls guy. He's uh, he's the Baton Kaitos guy. He's done. He's done so much like like half half of video games are like composed by him. Um, but I think I think gold, like he, he basically has like three or four very signature sounds. And I think Golden Sun is one of his like three or four signature sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the, what this man did with the limited, I mean, li- limited in some ways, but li- like, like somewhat more limited sound abilities of the Game Boy Advance is just so freaking impressive. Um, and I think, I think you see that in Golden Sun, like the Soul Sanctum theme is absolutely beautiful. Venus Lighthouse, I think is one of the best dungeon themes mm-hmm. in a video game ever made to this day. Um, but I think you hear, like even more of that range in the lost age. Um, I like the battle themes are really good. Uh, Air's rock is fantastic. Uh, even like the stuff in like Kabombo village and the, the great Kabamba statue, like the way yeah. the drums and the bass, like the, the bass coming in when you're in the Kabamba statue, like that's, that's a track you put your headphones on for. It's really good. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at his uh, composer credits, star ocean, second story, tales of Fantasia, um, Tales of Destiny 2, Star Ocean Till the End of Time, Biton Kaitos, Eternal Wings and the Lost Ocean. You have Mario Golf Advance Tour, um, Biton Kaitos Origins, Valkyrie Profile, Lemeth, uh-huh, um, uh-huh. Eternal Sonata, Super Smash Brothers Brawl. He worked on a bunch of tracks, Tales of Vesperia, Tales of Symphonia, Dawn of the New World, Infinite Undiscovery, and more recently, Dark Souls, Dark Souls 2, um, Tales of Zesteria. You have um, another Eden. He worked on and did stuff with Tales of Arise. He's going to be working on the latest Star Ocean, the Divine Force. This dude's a powerhouse when it comes to his compositions and what games he's worked on. Yep. Yep. He's really, really good. Just. And I think it's a shame that. Like the compositions are wonderful and fantastic. It's, I think a lot of people just poo poo Game Boy Advance soundtracks because of kind of the the lower quality of the Game Boy Advance music, like music chips and stuff, like speakers. Yeah, just so good. Thank you for bringing up the soundtrack. It's I'm listening to it right now, Scott. Uh, Which track are you listening to? Um, I, I'm just listening to the whole thing straight through, but uh, the, I mean, the reason why I brought up the Great Gabamba is because that's the one I'm on right now. And I, I remember as a kid, like not actually liking that song very much because just mm-hmm. listening to it through the regular speakers, I was like, oh, it's just a bunch of like 
do 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 like little rhythm sounds like over and over again. But I remember the first time I listened to it with headphones in and I heard the bass line under it. I'm like, oh, this is sick. It's so much better. It's really good. <laughs> uh, they're all good. I'm like scrolling through this. I mean, mm-hmm. just all of these are bangers. Aqua Rock. Uh, let me see. Uh, Tundaria Tower is really good. Ankle Ruins. Lemuria has great music. Jupiter Lighthouse is really good. Oh, the the Overworld theme. So the Overworld theme, yeah. I think, like the main Overworld theme in this game is like whatever. It's like fine. I actually like the first games more. But uh, when you get Isaac in your party for like the final act of the game, the first time you walk out on onto the overworld uh it plays this new overworld song called walking forward with determination and it's so good it's very like all right this is it we're gonna do it we're all united so good and music can invoke especially i feel like especially in rpgs music can invoke such emotion and get you hyped up or reinforce like dramatic moments it's it's so good so in a, a good RPG soundtrack is so so important. And this one, like the first one, yeah. exquisite examples of of the art form. Yeah, it's it's really perfect. We are not the only ones that absolutely adore this game. So we are going to go around the web and see what you all have shared with us. First up, we have user Sage of the Wise from Reddit. They say Honestly, just the months of anticipation itself might qualify. That kind of excitement you basically can't recreate as an adult. I don't think I ever was as excited for a game as I was for the Lost Age. Basically be that or Pokemon Gold or Silver. I replayed the first game so many times, spent so much time making the perfect file to transfer over to the next. Finally getting the game and spending close to an hour typing in that insanely long password of 260 characters, then trying to find out what one or two characters I got wrong before it would accept it all. It was pure bliss to finally start it. Also, if I remember correctly, it came out during or maybe right before my school spring break, so I was playing it 24-7 for a while. I definitely remember being at my uncle's for Easter and playing it the whole time I was there, stuck at that ice wall before Prox. Took me all day to figure out the magma rock stuff. My favorite part of the game for me, though, was the whole Eastern Ocean section, though. Getting the ship finally and having so much world you were allowed to explore in any way you wanted as you slowly pieced together all the things you needed to do to reach the western half of the world. I don't think I'd played anything like it before uh, at that age. The intentionality of in, the intentionally non-linear experience you have to puzzle out yourself not to be confused with more common JRPG trope of badly communicated linear path where you only end up wandering around basically everywhere because the game thinks it told you what to do next, but it didn't do it well enough. This game actually came out at basically the exact same time as Wind Waker, and I remember playing this whole section and then ocean-spanning Triforce Hunt in Wind Waker, which I found similarly amazing. Beating Dullahan was another standout memory. No idea how many attempts it took to beat him, but I remember the time I finally succeeded. The entire eight-man party was dead except for Garrett, who had no PP and basically no HP left. All I could do was one normal attack before being obliterated, and somehow that was the last few damage I needed to win. Man. Yeah, that... I feel that. That's good. I wish I had beaten Dulahan. Yeah, I, I, I... What really struck me with um, Sage's comment was that excitement of a new game came coming out. It's like, 
we, we talked a bit about like being safe for Elden Ring or and, and whatnot, but there was a certain magic to being excited for a game coming out when we were little, when when we were younger. I feel. Yeah, it was different. It, it was is, different. and because I think there's something. I mean, I'm 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 not a I'm not someone who's on my high horse about, oh, physical is the best. But, you know, I, I, I buy digital games now for the most part. But I think there's mm-hmm. something a little bit different about being a kid and having to beg your parent to take you to the store. And so you can use mm-hmm. your pocket money to, to buy the game. And you've got like this physical copy of the game in your hand. And you have to wait till you get home to open it and start playing. And yeah, it's a different feeling. It is. It, I, I miss I remember so fondly like being able to go pick up a game and then on the way home, opening it up and just like going through and scouring the instruction book. Um, I miss instruction books. I, I really miss instruction books. Actually, funny story. I was back home. It's This is not Lost Age, but I was back home with my parents uh, at some point last year and I was going through, because I was getting ready to move to California, so I was going through all my mm-hmm. stuff to make sure there was nothing I wanted to take with me. And I found the old insert instruction manual for Golden Sun in my room and I brought it with me. So I have it's right around the corner, so I can't mm-hmm. move without moving right from the mic, but I have I have my old instruction manual for Golden Sun. That's that's really cool. I have this small, like cheapo red little um lock chest thing that I had gotten when I was little. It was like a coin bank. Um yeah. and I put and I still have all my Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance manuals just nice and safe inside. Those so. little manuals were really good back in the day. Oh, I, yeah. I wish we still had things like that. I mean, they can't now. They can't require that kind of thing because everything, again, digital. But, yeah. man, yeah, I missed that. Yep. Yep. You want to take the next one? Yeah, sure. Uh, this is from SoulXHawk from Reddit. Um, I got the game in late November of 2003. And that year for Christmas, we drove to my grandparents' house two states away and stayed there for two weeks. My grandpa had the type of internet where you only got a limited number of minutes every month. And I knew he was not going to want uh, to use them to look up stuff about video games. So before we left, I printed out the entire text-based guide from GameFAQs to bring with me. Oh my god, I did this stuff too. On the car trip there and at their house, I remember playing through the game while in front of the... I think this is window while it was snowing outside and constantly flipping through this huge stack of papers I had next to me. Oh, that's that's uh, the, the quintessential video game playing experience as a kid right there. Oh, yeah, that was late 90s, early 2000s. Goodness right there. Printing off game game facts, uh, mm-hmm. walkthroughs. Um, I may have done that a couple times myself and gotten thoroughly yelled at by my parents for wasting so much paper and ink, but it was worth it. Damn it. I definitely did that a lot for Donkey Kong 64 because my next door neighbor had that mm-hmm. and they didn't have like reliable internet. And so I'd, I'd print them all out and then take them over to his house and we'd play through Donkey Kong 64 together. Nice. Um, but I, I don't think I ever printed off the Golden Sun guides, but I definitely used the ones at GameFAQs a lot. Mm-hmm. Game GameFAQs. Love it. Shout, shout out shout out to GameFAQs. I still occasionally will pop in just to see what's going on. Uh, it's, I, I Honestly, if you need a guide for old games, like yeah. that's... They're all still there. That's where you go. I don't even the forums yeah. and stuff are occasionally still active on some of the games. But yeah, game yeah. game facts still still a wonderful site for retro games. That's right. Uh, next up, we have Ugort uh, from Reddit. They say I was playing Golden Sun two, and some friends went in to celebrate my birthday. Uh, went in to celebrate my birthday, so I hid my Game Boy Advance under my pillow. Forgot to save and my Game Boy Advance ran out of battery. Lost five hours of gameplay. 
at least it was a great birthday. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Actually, I mean, I, I think I have, I told a similar story for Golden Sun, but I, I've had, I basically had two versions of the story happen to me. Uh, one was for the first Golden Sun, I was at the final boss when we were, we were driving to see family and we were at the Russell Stover factory outlet for some reason. Mm-hmm. And my mom wanted to go in and they wouldn't let me bring my Game Boy in with me. And I, I like just beaten the the fusion dragon but i hadn't like gone through all the text yet so i couldn't save so i had to like stuff it in like the back pouch of the car seat and we went inside and when i came out my battery had died and so i had to read the whole fight again and then the exact same thing (laughs) happened to me for the lost age when we were on vacation i believe i I don't think i had finished the fight with the doom dragon i think i was like part way through the fight with the doom dragon Mm -hmm. uh but we were going to a baseball game and i was trying to beat it in the rental car before we got to the baseball game but we got there before i could finish it and so i had to redo the whole doom dragon (laughs) fight again oh that's unlucky (laughs) you think i would have learned my lesson after the russell stover incident not to try to fight final bosses in the car on the way to something but you know you like to live dangerously that's all i was a kid i was a kid i didn't know yeah uh, how about you take one from the fantastic speedrunner of Golden Sun? Yeah, Plexa! TL Plexa from Reddit. Uh, casually, the most impactful moment was getting all Jin collections verified in Anima's Inner Sanctum. Very cool moment set to the Elemental Stars theme. Yes, I agree. Uh, TLA was also my first interaction with the series, so the novelty of solving puzzles within dungeons with abilities immediately gripped me. I first saw my brother playing through Deccan, and then I had to play it myself. The credits roll is amazing. The final picture of the gang in the epilogue still hits me to this day. Hell, I made a save right, save state right before the epilogue just so I could ensure that it got broadcasted on GDQ. In more modern times, finding the Soul Blade in Air's Rock, the first time getting my crazy nine-turn full minute uh, zero light serpent kill. I am sure I remember what that is, but I don't know. Uh, finding the Magic River... Uh, and really recently figuring out ninja strats in Jupiter, coupled with the realization that the, I can't pronounce this, Arrhenius tunic is a very useful item. This is like, this is deep cut stuff from Lost Age. As expected Plexa, from like... Right. Probably, probably knows this game better than anybody on this earth, except maybe the people who made it. Yeah. Oh, he probably maybe. knows it better. Yeah, maybe. maybe. At this point. Yeah. Well, thank you, Plexa, for submitting a comment as well. We love your runs, and we I love. can't uh, run more, run more. Or <laughs> if you want to come on and talk about speedrunning Golden Sun, I'm pretty sure I can get Reb back on to talk more Golden Sun, and we can rack your brain about speedrunning it. Or we could do like he teaches us how to speedrun it. <laughs> I'm in. Oh, uh, that would be fun. Next up, we have user Krista Fields from Reddit. They say, it's not really a specific moment, but getting out to the Eastern Sea on Piers's boat with the freedom to just go wherever I wanted. I did just that, sailing around the world for a bit. Eventually, I decided to go to Lemuria to progress the story. Then I realized the game wanted me to actually explore the world. It was so refreshing that it put trust in me to just get lost and figure out what to do on my own. Seeing something like a shallow lake blocking my path, then getting a new synergy power that can drain water and make things click. I've jokingly described Lost Age as a metroidvania, but it gave me the exact feeling of discovery. It's something that has slowly becoming more phased out as RPGs streamline themselves further and further. So if an entire third of the whole game can be considered a moment, that is my answer. 
And speaking of kind of the Metroidvania, you touched on that, that it yeah, does feel like a Metroidvania. Okay. Yeah, you, this person gets it. They do indeed. So I'm glad I'm not like totally insane for suggesting that Golden Sun and Lost Age is a little bit like a Metroidvania. I feel validated. Thank you. Validation! <laughs> and you got the last one. Awesome. Uh, this is uh, Shaki. There's a lot of K's in that from Reddit. Um, Shaki with five K's. Four? Four or five. Several. Yes, a, bunch. a, a number uh, of them. The, the, the twist of now playing as the villain Felix with your own party, with the option of carrying over your own stats, way before Bioware games made this routine carryover of Isaac and co in Hot Pursuit was very special. This culminated in the Jupiter Lighthouse climax was just chef's kiss. Like other commenters have said here, the dungeon design and freedom the Lemurian ship offered was just incredible. GS1 had some interesting dungeons, but TLA just kicked it up a notch. So innovative. Last but not least, I think this game just totally nailed the world building and complemented the first game like a puzzle piece in the way few sequels even outside of the video game medium have done before. I think this honestly is what hurt Darkbon. It introduced so many new elements that didn't fit as cleanly, which is particularly jarring after TLA's cohesiveness. It's a really smart way to put it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but yeah, wonderful, wonderful uh, points, Shaki. Um, thank you to each and every one of you who shared your favorite moments, sections, and memories of Golden Sun, The Lost Age. We loved reading them. Now, let's say after you've heard Reb and I gush about this game and really the first game again, uh, you're wondering where you can get yourself a copy. Oh. Well, we're here to help you with that as best we can anyway. Um, physically, this game does kind of fetch a price for the Game Boy Advance version, a loose cart you're looking at right now, according to price charting, about 45 bucks. A complete in-box price will run you about 120, 125 bucks. And a brand Damn. new copy is $285. So about Damn. closing in on $300 for a brand new copy, if you can even find one. And digitally, at least at time of recording, you can still buy it on the Wii U. I can't tell you how much it is. I think it was seven bucks, eight, ten bucks. I don't remember what GBA games cost on the Wii U, but pages are off on, or have been shuttered on the website. Um, but you can still buy them on the actual Wii U eShop until March 2023, when that will be the last way, at least as of right now, the last way to buy a digital version of the Golden Sun games. That's just tragic. So sad. So absolutely sad. So jump on it. It's worth it. If it's $5, if it's $10, these games are so worth it. You can find a coupon code, though, I uh, on the Internet for like 20 or 30 gold star points on the Nintendo eShop game shop on the on your computer uh, that you can put towards it, though, so you can get a bit of a discount. So check those out. Now, let's say you have managed to snag yourself a copy of Golden Sun, The Lost Age, and you're looking for some tips or advice. Well, we have really one main tip or advice. Uh, what's yours, Reb? Uh, play the first one first. <laughs> uh, so, no, seriously, if you if you have not played either of these uh I do think the Lost Age is the better of the two, but only because it's like the perfect sequel to the first one. So if you have played the first Golden Sun, I know they're like daunting to find, but if you have access to one, you can probably get access to the other one. So mm -hmm. 
play the first Golden Sun. It makes everything make so much more sense and it makes the Lost Age that much more special. Yes. And once you've beaten the first Golden Sun, my tip is you're probably going to be okay if you just choose to carry over a silver password and not the 260 character gold password. You won't get like the money won't carry over and I believe the full inventory won't carry over, but your gin, your characters, levels, all that will. And I'll save you some time if you want to really jump into the uh, Lost Age. So check that out. Yeah. Um, but Reb, we are on to one of my favorite parts of each episode, the monster or enemy of the week. So what enemy are you bringing to the uh, the arena this week? I love I love me a star magician. What what about star magician uh, has has enthralled you? Uh, the star magician is a boss that you find uh, in the Lost Age. It's completely optional. You don't have to fight him. Uh, and he's this he's just this weird little guy. Like it, it's not there's not really any explanation for why he's there. But he's like this little magician guy who's hanging out um, in the back of like this island cave. Um, I, I actually don't even remember what he's guarding. I think he's guarding a summon tablet, if I remember right. But he's got these uh, he summons these little like sphere uh, minion enemies that all have different effects. Like there's one that explodes. There's one that heals. Um, and he just keeps summoning them throughout the whole fight. So you have to pretty much just keep focusing on him and ignoring these little spheres that he keeps yeah. summoning. Uh, but he's just he was such a weird and unique enemy. Like I had never fought anything like him before in a Golden Sun game. And mm-hmm. I think he was one of the first optional bosses that I stumbled upon. Um, and I, I just remember being very excited about him. He summons ball minions, they're called, and he throws mind balls at them that ex- at your uh, your party that explode. But the star magician with his killer purple uh, outfit has cool? 7,486 health. He has 560 PP, which are synergy points. His attack value is 460 with a defense value of 139, agility at 268, and luck of 52. He takes two turns at once, so be careful. His Mercury power is 105, Jupiter 95, um, Mars 72, Venus 130. uh, Excuse me, his Mars resistance is at 72. His Venus resistance is at 130. Jupiter resistance is at 150. Mercury resistance at 180. He will grant you, after you vanquish him, you will gain 780. Seven, excuse me, seven thousand eight hundred sixty-six experience points plus whatever ex, uh, experience points get added from all the balls you killed. You will get fifty-five hundred sixty-six coins just from him, plus any additional ones from the balls you destroyed. And other rewards you will get are is Azul. Um, his attacks include Mystic Call which summons ball minions. He has mind ball, spark plasma, mega cool, which is a mega cool name for an attack and attack. So the ball monsters include thunderball, refresh ball, guardian ball, anger ball. <laughs> anger ball. I forgot it was called that. Anger ball. <laughs> anger ball. Anger That's ball great. and mega cool. That's really funny. I love it. I absolutely love it. So be careful. But you too, with the the power of synergy at your side, can vanquish Star Magician and his bowels. <laughs> his evil, his angry, angry bowels. I swear I did not <laughs> pick Star Magician just to make balls jokes. It's it was a it was a happy accident. <laughs> I just think he's neat. 
He his outfit is really cool. He doesn't look <laughs> menacing, but he is a difficult suit. He was one of the four super bosses in the last age, so yeah. well deserving of the monster uh, enemy of the week. So, but. That is going to do it for another episode here at RPG University. Reb, it was so much fun having you on again and talking about some Golden Sun. Thank you so much for having me. I'm always happy to talk about Golden Sun with anyone who will still listen to me in the year 2022. <laughs> oh, oh, they're, I, they're out there. They're <laughs> I know, there I know. The, the Golden Sun people are out there. They're just waiting for the dawn to rise again. Oh, for the dawn don't do to this come. to me. You never know. You never know. Crazier things have happened, like a live, a live complete remake. What the but hell? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> who knows anymore? It's a wild, wild time. Um, but where can people find you online? What do you have cooking? Go ahead and plug away. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Duck Valentine. Uh, you can find my work at IGN.com. Uh, man, I've got I've got a whole bunch of things cooking. Most of them I can't really talk about. Um, I, well, I guess I guess I'm currently reviewing Rune Factory Five for IGN, if that's of interest to anybody. Um, I've got some things I'm working on writing about uh, the 3DS uh, and the Wii U that are on their way out um, as the eShops close down. So those will probably be around later this month. Um, I'm tweeting a lot about Elden Ring. That's kind of the main thing. And your your cute cat tweets. I like the pictures of your cats. Oh, I do have two very cute cats. Those Those are lovely. Um, But yes, thank you again so much. This has been so much fun. And thank you to each and every one of you who's listened today. Be sure to rate and review us on your preferred podcast service as I'd really appreciate it. If you have an RPG you would like us to feature on an episode, tweet at underscore RPG University with the hashtag RPGU with your suggestion. Or you can share your own favorite RPGs and moments directly with me on Twitter at SolidSnake120. As always, everybody, stay safe, stay healthy, Be kind to one another. Class dismissed.